You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 589. What is your personality like? Is the elephant business the business you want to be in or do you want to be in the squirrel business? And there's there's no right or wrong answer. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hey guys, Darren Bentley here and welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, the number one podcast for all things wholesaling. And I hope you had a great Christmas and I just wanted to hop on here today just to let you know about something that we're going to be doing here at Wholesaling Inc. Now, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we have some of the absolute best real estate training programs in the country. And at this point, we have literally helped thousands of people, many of those people, by the way, who came to us with no real estate experience at all, but we've helped them build massively successful real estate wholesaling businesses with many of them generating five and even six figures per month, per month. Yes, our stuff works. And I'm sure by now, you know that if you've been listening for any period of time, but as they say, all good things must come to an end. What do I mean by that? Well, over the years, we have kept the pricing on all of our programs super affordable and, in fact, much, much lower than many other programs out there. In fact, tens of thousands of dollars lower than some other programs that we know of. I mean, you could just go over to our testimonials page to see that there are literally hundreds and hundreds of successful students. If you go there, you'll be scrolling all day. It's just never ending. You're just not going to find that level of success with any other real estate training programs. So on January 1st, 2021, New Year's Day, this coming Friday, we will be raising the cost of all of our coaching programs across the board. Again, our goal is to continue to offer the absolute best in class when it comes to real estate training. And we have a ton of exciting stuff coming up in 2021. But yes, our pricing is going up this Friday on all of our programs. So if you've been sitting on the fence waiting for a good opportunity to work with us personally, I strongly encourage you to schedule a call with our team like right now, like today, so you can lock in the absolute lowest pricing before the price goes up this Friday. Now, you can wait until after the new year. That's fine. And the pricing is still going to be an incredible value. But if you want to do this, if you are serious about making 2021 your best year ever, you know, in building that business that you've been wanting to build, there is truly no better time than right now to do it. And if you join any one of our programs before midnight on January 1st, you're going to save a lot of money to do it. So, if you're ready to work with us personally and let us help you build that business that you've been wanting to do, that you've been wanting to build, head over to wholesalinginc.com. Again, that is wholesalinginc.com and schedule a call with our team. And again, this is going to be all week until midnight, this coming Friday, January 1st, the new year. So new year, new you. So on to today's podcast. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I have a good friend, Greg Helbeck. 
He is from San Diego. And today we are going to debate. It's going to be the great debate against hunting for elephants or hunting for squirrels. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But what I'm talking about is, are you the type of investor or wholesaler that wants more consistent, but maybe smaller deals, but they come at a consistent basis? Or are you the type of wholesaler that wants to wait out for the big deals, the 50,000, 60,000, even some six-figure deals? Well, Greg is here to talk about those types of deals because that is what he focuses on. He focuses on elephants. So Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, it's it's good to be on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I've listened to tons of episodes, so it's cool to be a guest now. Oh, well, we're excited to have you. So, and I've been on your podcast as well. You're doing a lot of fun stuff in the, you know, in the space as well. So I'm happy to have you here. So Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? By the way, before I get into that, your podcast was extremely popular. Just, I think I, I texted you about that. I got tons of people being like, holy crap, that interview with Lauren was awesome. So. Oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was very popular. Just like on the awesome. record here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so tell us, tell us about your podcast. Tell me all about you. Yeah. So Greg Helbeck, I'm 25. I live in San Diego. I'm from New York. Maybe the accent can give it away. Moved out here after college. And really, I, I've been an entrepreneur ever since I graduated college. Never had a corporate job. I had some odd jobs in high school. But this is kind of all I know, real estate entrepreneuring. Got into the business uh, 2015. I really strictly just did assignments for like two years, left a lot of money on the table. I learned a lot of lessons though. I've formed a lot of good relationships. And over the like really two years, I wasn't that successful, I guess, financially, but I was learning a lot and building my network and learning my skills and honing my craft. And really after like two years of consistent work, I started making like, you know, legitimate income in the business where I was doing this full time and I was able to move to California and kind of live the lifestyle, as they say. So ever since then, you know, I, I kind of graduated up into, you know, closing on properties and rentals and seller financing and rent renovations and all that stuff. Now I'm getting more into commercial in 2021. So I've been a real estate entrepreneur. I've done a lot of business virtually. I've done some deals in my local market here in San Diego, which is not easy, which we can get into if you want. And really over the last like two years, I've focused a lot more on you know, like you said, elephant hunting. Uh, I had like an epiphany on the deal we can get into versus squirrel hunting. I think there's pros and cons of both. And I've been an elephant hunter, I guess, full time for two years. Yeah. So I saw on Instagram, you posted something and I was going to comment and it was like your third, it was a post where you said, this is like my third meeting with the seller. These San Diego sellers are tough. So I'm from Orange County. If you guys don't know this, these are neighboring counties, same price points, very very competitive markets. Crazy. These sellers are savvy. They are not going to give their home away. It is like very tough to negotiate with these people. So I totally commiserated. And I, it's funny because I looked at that and go, don't miss that life. I went <laughs> virtual. I'm more of a squirrel hunter. I like consistent deals in the pipeline all the time. I want to know I'm closing at least a deal a week. That makes me feel good, if not more, right? But at least a deal a week, just it just gives me that comfortable feeling. Yeah, they're not the biggest paydays, but it makes me feel comfortable. And I used to be an elephant hunter. <laughs> I remember the big deals, but I, I think there's some psychology to the type of person, like what type of person you are. And that will steer you into, should you be an elephant hunter? Should you be a squirrel hunter? So... What is it like? I mean, tell me a little bit about your current business. Like, what is it like negotiating in San Diego? And you also said New York. Yeah. 
Right. So you're personally virtual. Yeah, I'm mostly virtual. So like I've done like a handful of deals in San Diego. I've made good profits on on what at least one of them. I lost money on another one, which is a whole other story. But you know, most of my business is virtual. So like I do have a small team. I don't have a huge operation. I have a project manager. I got some admin assistants, uh, you know, virtual assistants. Uh, and then I have people, I wouldn't say they're full-time acquisitions people, but they will go out on a property on my behalf if I need them to. You know, I do a lot of stuff on the phone, but I don't like have them on retainer or anything like that. So operated it virtual for yeah, ever since I moved to San Diego, honestly. I moved out here and I was like scared to do deals for two years. So I've really never been a high volume guy. I think on, on a good month, you know, I'll knock out like three deals on a good month, but the spreads are big, right? On a bad month, I'll do one. On an amazing month, I'll have like four closings or something. But that's not really consistent because I'm renovating and the sales cycles are kind of long. So like, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm in, that's intentional too. I don't have a huge overhead. I spend a decent amount of money on marketing, but I don't have a big nut to crack every month in terms of like the operational overhead. So it's good in a sense where, you know, if I have a bad month, it's really not a big deal. But at the same time, there's months where you have huge revenues and then the next month it's like in half, you know, and then like some people can't stomach that. And I've been there. I think the way that I structure my finances personally, like it doesn't really impact me. Like I don't have a, I don't live a large lifestyle for the most part. I'm very like frugal. So that helps. But really, um, that, that's kind of the business recently. I've been doing a lot of construction too, a lot of big rehabs. So those are cash intensive, private money, you know, a lot of moving pieces, project management permits, you know, I've done all that. So yeah, it's a whole other business, you know? Yeah. So you're explaining like my first four years in the business, like that was like my life. And for me, what was difficult, I have two children, I've got mouths to feed. So my expenses are higher than yours. Yeah. You're single, right? I mean, you know, I'm kidding. I, I got a girlfriend. I live with my girlfriend, but yeah, right. I'm not married or anything. No, no Right. Kidding. You don't have to support anyone, right? No, no. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, there was an element and naturally too, I'm a bit of an anxious person. I take that back. I don't think I'm the most anxious person, but I definitely like can be when it's financial, like financial anxiety gets, that's the one thing that gets to me. So like those two things, like having mouths to feed plus being a little bit like financially anxious. Oh, and like, I didn't have, you know, I'm single mom. So I don't have like this backup, like partner income to rely on. So for me, after the first four years of the business, I stopped in two, I think it was around 2015 or 16. I was like, I have to find a secondary market. So I, I'm not living this feast or famine kind of life, which is elephant hunting. And, you know, so that's when I started going into the more lower end markets where your fees are going to be a little bit smaller because and tell me if I'm wrong. Like from what I've seen, typically these elephant hunting markets are the higher end markets, right? Where the price points are higher. That is very true. So it, it's going to be where the houses are higher, but also in New York state where I do most of my business, there's a huge barrier to entry there because you need a lot of money to put down on the earnest money and you have to deal with attorneys. So because of that, it's not very friendly to, to like new investors. Like I, I was a new investor, so I, you can make it work. But it's a lot more difficult to do deals in New York because of the attorneys. So that scares a lot of people away. So because of that, your marketing dollars work a bit better. There's still competition, but there's, it's right. not like it's San Diego. And also the values of the properties are not like San Diego prices, but they're like two steps below it. So you can still make 30, 40 grand on an assignment. And that's like not a big deal. Like that's like kind of normal. Like I have a friend that like if he doesn't make 40 grand on an assignment, like he did something wrong. So it's, right. it's, it's okay. New York plus the, the, the barrier to entry. In San Diego, it's strictly that the value of the home is just so high. You can make a big spread. 
And it's not a big deal because relative to the house price, it's like 40 grand on a $600,000 house. It's like, whatever, you know, it's like a realtor right. commission. You know? Right. So, so let's talk about the average house prices. So we have some context here. Like what's yeah. the average house price in San Diego? Like in oh, yeah. uh, it's play around in probably like 600,000, I'd say um, even that low, I would think higher. Uh, well, Inland San Diego or it, it I guess, depends. I, yeah. The low end stuff, like the low end San Diego is like six hundred. Like the stuff okay. that I like to play around with because p- sellers are reasonable. If you're going to go into like La Jolla, Claremont, like it's going to be seven, eight, nine hundred thousand. Right. But at least for me, the average ARV on a wholesale deal is like six hundred k. You know, something like that. Sure. Uh, if I can negotiate better on that, negotiating a one point one million dollar house, it's like it's very hard to do that. You know, so I stay right. below that the the median. Right. Cause I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to convince the seller to take a discount yeah. home in that price point. It just really is They're You know, they're usually sellers that have lots of options. So, you know, to give context, like Orange County average house price is around, I haven't checked in a bit, but it was, it's around 800,000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's same thing. Like if you get a deal, you can usually make, you know, a good lick on it, but it's very difficult to convince that type of seller, you know, because they know they can just list their house on the market and get a bunch of foreign money thrown at them, all cash market price. So why would they sell to an investor? Like, why would they need you, you know? Now, New York state, you're saying it's a little bit cheaper. What's what do you think the average house price in the markets that you're in is? 350 to 400. Okay. So still, you know, up there. And so the markets where I feel, so that's elephant hunting market guys. Elephant hunting market would be like 350 and above. Maybe personally, I think 300,000 and above. Okay. From what I've noticed, the 300,000 markets get you those $20,000 wholesale fees and above that. That's just kind of what I've put together. Like what I've noticed. Uh, section thinking about it now, like, yeah, because you can really get those big margins on like above 300 K because there's so much room there. Right. Well, one thing that I've actually noticed was my wholesale fees on average for years have always been about 10% of the resale price. Like whatever you sold it for, usually my wholesale fee is about that. So if like the average, if I resell for about a hundred thousand, my average fee is 10 grand. So those are the markets that I'm talking that are more squirrel hunting. And the average price point in a squirrel hunting type market is about like 150, 180. I like that. See, that's my comfortable spot. I yeah, like that's that. Good though. You can still make 15, 18 grand a pop though. That's good money though. That adds up. That's not like, that's not even a mouse deal. That's like a solid. So when I'm doing a wholesale, we're maybe selling for about a hundred thousand. So we're making our average fees about 10,000 okay. and, but it's volume. Yes. You know, we're doing, you know, two a week, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's comfortable. Like it's, it's like, it's nice to, for me, and knowing, you know, that I can see three paychecks ahead of me yeah. in my pipeline. Like I have I always at least like maybe probably four at least paychecks, right? That are yeah. in my pipeline coming, you know, just kind of always at one time, sometimes more, right? And it's yeah. nice to have that feeling. Whereas when I was in California doing, and I was doing the same thing like rehabs. And then I went to Nashville. So I would say my Nashville was like New York. Yeah. So my Nashville was like your New York. Similar yeah. price point. Yeah. And it was, I was doing development deals. I was building homes, but same thing, right? Like it it was like, okay, I'm not quite sure when this is going to close. It might close in three months. And when it closes, I should make 60 grand. Um, But it's all about like the psychology. I think of the person in your, in your personal situation. So I think our listeners were very different and our listeners need to go, okay, who do I identify with more? Am I more of a Greg or am I more of a Lauren? 
No, for sure. And it's funny you said Nashville, because that is a similar market to New York with the price point. And the, it's the volatility. It's like that, you know, there's that, that feeling. I, I, I get there. I'm not perfect at all. I mean, there are times where like, I'll do one big deal. I'll make 70 grand in a shot. And I'll go eat a fancy steak. And then I'm just like, all right, I got like three weeks and then hopefully I'll make another 40 or 50, mm-hmm. you know, but then like, you know, you got title issues, you got, and all those, like, I think title issues and like hair on the deal, it, it impacts you a lot more when you're hunting those whales, mm-hmm. because if one whale goes down, that's like a big check portion of your monthly revenue versus if you have a squirrel get shot, it's all good. You're going to go pull another squirrel up by the tail. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? You're so right. When I was elephant hunting, when I was an elephant hunter and I would lose a deal over a title issue or just like oh. the seller just being a jerk or something like sometimes oh. like the sellers will just ghost. They're like, oh. never mind, I don't want to sell my home. And you're like, cool, I have to like sue you to make you sell. I'm not oh, gonna I've been do there. That. Oh, I've been there. I don't want to do you know, sometimes you're like, okay, maybe I have to, but at that time I I wasn't that I wouldn't do that. And you would just want to kill yourself. Like I would literally want to kill myself. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny you say that. Well, not the kill yourself thing, but the, I almost got in a lawsuit. I was a, I was a, I was a hair away from getting into a lawsuit with a seller on this rehab. I have now six figure deal all day long. You know, we're in escrow to sell it. The guy ghosted me at the last minute. And I'm like, buddy, I don't care that there's a pandemic. I'm flying back here. We're going to take your ass to court. And, you know, good luck, Chuck, you know, cause like, and like, he wasn't distressed or anything. He was just being a real hard guy to deal with. And I'm like, buddy, you mess with the wrong guy. hundred grand's a lot of money, you know? So yeah. that's the drawback to the elephant hunting for sure. Right. So the elephant hunt- hunter has to be a little bit like willing to invite that kind of drama in your life. And for me, I really didn't want to invite yeah. that in my life. Yeah. I was more of like, you know what? I, I'm just like, um, you know, if, if you don't want to sell, like, I just don't want to, yeah. I don't want to fight you on it. Like I, that's just my mentality. I don't want to invite this drama, you know, in my life. I'm not as much of like a fighter, you know, yeah. I am a little bit more now, like four years ago. I wasn't, yeah. I, I was really not now. I think I'm a little bit more like that, but, but not, that's still probably not as much as you. It's not fun, but, but like, yeah. I just, I just look at it like, especially like with buyer, like we could talk about like how to wholesale for big profits. I mean, like there are a lot of newbie investors too. Like this has to do with elephant hunting. It's like, they get so scared to sell a deal to the buyer because if they're new, they don't have money. They never done a deal. They don't have leverage. But when you have like, when you're an elephant hunter and you do bigger deals, you can make more money wholesaling if you want to wholesale it because you can always go in and close if you don't like your wholesale offers. So when you're negotiating with a guy, like you're like, Hey buddy, buy it for X or else I'm buying it. And then like you, that's, you make a lot more money because you're in a such a, you're in a power position versus yes. the other way around when you need them to buy your deal. Mm-hmm. Don't ever tell them that because you're toast. That is so true. And I was a flipper. So I had that power as well. So again, listeners, another prerequisite to being an elephant hunter is it really helps if you have the ability to close. But Greg, do you have to be like independently wealthy to be able to no, close? No. There's money everywhere. Yeah, right. no, it's not hard to get the money, especially if you have a good deal. Call me, call Lauren. If you have a good deal, yeah. you will get it funded no matter what. And I, I know like if you're new listening to this, you're like, there's no way this guy's full of crap. I'm telling you right now, I remember when I closed on my first property, I was a scaredy cat. I got the money in like a week and I tur- turned around, doubled the money. And like, you know, but it, it's just, it's like getting out of your comfort zone. It's like you get to the next level and you'll, you'll start finding ways to solve the problems that you create for yourself. But you got to understand that money will always find a good deal, right? Like if it is a good deal, the numbers make sense. You can get that thing funded. It's, it's a no brainer. It's such a power position when you're, when you're wholesaling a house. Like for example, I just sent out a deal in San Diego, like right before you and I started recording 
And if, if I don't get what I want for it, I'll just close on it and wholetail it. Like, you know what I mean? And like, that's why I put it out at the price I put it out at. So yeah, I think when you are ready to close and you should, like you said, you should always be ready to close if you're tying a property, it's getting the money is, is really not that big of a deal. You, the first time is a little scary. Like, like doing anything, the first time you get a property under contract, it's scary, but it's like, you get used to it. And especially once you do a successful deal, it's like, oh, this is it. All right, cool. Just rinse and repeat, you know? For sure. And for me, what I did in my first couple, because like I was terrified, right? Was I just partnered with someone and we did There's 50 50. And they did that exactly. Yeah. They didn't have the money. They yep. did that exactly. They got a hard money lender and a private lender. And yep. they just showed me what, what they did. And then I was like, okay, so here's the paperwork. Here's how it worked. Like, and then I did two of them with that person. Um, it happened to be my brother. And it was like, okay, I'm like comfortable now. Like, okay, I feel good. Now I if okay, I, I did it twice. I can do this on my own. And so get a JV and do it with a JV if you're too scared. That's great. That's practical advice too, because you don't, it's, it's definitely less scary if you partner with someone in the beginning and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, 50% of something is better than hundred percent of nothing. I see a lot of investors, they get greedy. They're like, well, I don't want to give half my equity away. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't give your equity away. What's going to happen? I don't know. I can't buy it. So what's better? 50% or nothing, buddy. So people, they, they get greedy with themselves, but then they don't understand like, the value that the money partner is bringing is obviously critical for the deal to go down. So they have to just reframe like, like I learned this on bigger pockets, like Brandon Turner said it, like the first deal you do is not going to get you rich, but the process of getting through the first deal will eventually get you rich when you do a hundred deals. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to shift the way you think about it. If you're new to closing on properties and, you know, raising capital and things like that. For sure. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is all elephant hunting and I love that we got into it because I don't think we, we don't talk about it. I think enough on this podcast, like what kind of person, I mean, don't you feel like there's just different niches that like people just fall into a niche in this business and like, you just kind of get in what you get in and you decide for you while you're doing it, whether this is for you. So you said maybe you started with volume and then you're like, actually, I want to do bigger deals. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I was doing like small volume, but I started to realize like I was working a lot and like the time and effort and energy I'd put in to make, you know, a five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollar fee, you know, it was the same time as, you know, some deals I've made 30 or 40 on. And then I had like an Eureka moment. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just spent literally the same time, made 40K. This one I made 9K. I'm like, I'm doing something wrong here. And the problem was I was looking at deals like with one, I was like at one side, I'm like, oh, this has got to get assigned right now or else forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking like, well, what if I close on it, put it on the market? And I started just looking at deals from different angles. And what if I renovate the property? What if you do a lot split? What if you burn the property? And I just started kind of becoming less of a real estate wholesaler and more of like a real estate entrepreneur, like deal engineer. And then it just, it got me to like really look at all the leads that I would get and how do I maximize every lead, right? So like an example would be like, let's say I do a direct mail campaign, which I'm very familiar with. And you know that one campaign produced two deals and I made 20 grand, right? Two wholesale deals. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say instead of making what 20 grand on those two wholesale deals, if I wholetailed one of them, made 40. And then, you know, so then I turned that campaign from 50K to, it was 20K, now it's 50K, but it, I got the same amount of leads. So I'm just basically maximizing the amount of money and revenue I generate on my marketing dollars Mm-hmm. And then it got me more open to, to spending more money and investing more time into marketing, you know, and I just kind of started firing that feedback loop up and I kind of found my niche where like, I don't have to work that hard necessarily, like doing a lot of volume, a lot of balls in the air, but the deals that are closing are very profitable. Like I've done a big six figure one last year and I got another one closing in a couple of weeks. So I just think that business model, at least for where I'm at in my life right now is really congruent and, and really aligned with where I'm at and where I want to go. 
right. uh, and shift more into commercial properties next year. I think that business model I have now with the residential side like that can really be a good, um, I guess, co-business because don't have to spend a lot of time, can earn a lot of money. And then at the same time, I can take the time that I'm not spending on the single family business into the commercial business. And I think it's really, really in alignment with what I want. You know, And some people like that. Some people, they want to do high volume. And I always say, there's nothing wrong with anything. You could do whatever you want in this business. This whole purpose of this business, at least in my opinion, is to have freedom and autonomy. And um, that can be, you know, you can have freedom through many different things. Yeah, for sure. I think it really depends on, I think you need to every once in a while check in with yourself and just go like, am I doing, does this feel authentic to like kind of who I am? Is this serving me? For me, when I was in California, like just kind of that big elephant hunting life just wasn't serving me, you know? So I prefer just the more volume market. I like doing lots and lots of deals, just kind of knowing that they're just, they're always coming in. And that's, but it's like, I, when I went to that model, I noticed like a sense of peace for me. For the first four years of my business, it was not very peaceful. It was like up and down, right? You get a huge paycheck, no deal, big adrenaline rush, huge adrenaline rush, you know? And like, I liked that sometimes when it was going well, but then when it was going bad, you know, or like you had gotten a deal or you hadn't got, or maybe you had some, like a slow month with your leads, then I didn't enjoy that as much. So it really does depend on the, like your personality and what you can handle. Exactly. Exactly. The people listening to this, like they got to just like understand, like Lauren said, like, what is your personality? Like, is the elephant business the business you want to be in? Or do you want to be in the squirrel business? And there's, there's no right or wrong answer. I think that's the thing that I see a lot of Lauren that, that hopefully I can, I can touch on is like, I think a lot of people, they go and they see what others are doing and they feel like because others are doing that, they must do that too, which could be true. That, that could, you could see what someone else is doing and get inspired to do it. But at the same time, you shouldn't feel like a failure if you see somebody doing X and you're doing Y. And just because you're doing Y does not mean that you suck at this business. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you're a bad negotiator. You know, everything looks bright and rosy on the outside. But if you really get to the inside, like somebody who's doing what you think you want to do might be miserable, right? Might be. So it's like, I think just get really clear on what you want and why you're in this business. Right. Um, like that shiny object syndrome is just, it's really toxic to a lot of people. And I think the more you can just focus and really like spend a lot of time, like that Keith Cunningham book you mentioned uh, on my podcast, Thinking Time, I do that every morning and I just get clear on what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing it? How do I do it? Who can help me do it? You know what I mean? And it just like, just allows me to like operate with more like just flow instead of all just like stress and oh, this guy's making more money than me. I'm a loser. You know, it's like, that's toxic, you know, it's toxic. Oh yeah. I do that all. I do that. I'm guilty of it. I think we all are. We're all like, I'll look at you and be like, oh, maybe I should be an elephant business. But then again, like you have to, so what I like to do periodically is like a brain dump of like, what is going well right now? And I do this maybe like once every couple months. I'm like, what's going well in my day, in my week? And then it's like, what are things that are not going well? And it could be as little as just like my morning routine or, you know, I've been lately not able to work out as much or feel like we're not getting as many deals as we should be. Or I want it's Sometimes it's financial stuff. Like I just do like a dump. And then I just look and I'm like, all right, let's start fixing. Like, what are the areas to fix? And I think that that will help people decide what kind of person they are. So if you do that kind of brain dump and you're like looking at your fight, your, you know, wholesaling business or investing business, and you, you know, feel like you're starting to lean towards, no, you know, I really want to make more money on each deal. Um, and I'm okay with going longer periods without getting a deal. 
maybe try, you know, Greg's way of doing yeah. things or the, a higher price market. But maybe, you know, you're, you've got a couple mouths to feed and you're a single yeah. parent. You don't have like something to back up, you know, on. Maybe you go to my way. And I did it and it was like peace all of a sudden. Yeah. When I went to like the markets that I'm in and I started going like more of a volume game, but consistent volume, it was just like, oh, I can sleep at night now. That consistency. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and that, there's a lot of value in that. I think there's, there's times where I'm like, oh man, if I'd knock out seven, eight houses a month, like... That'd be great. But then I'm just like, at least in my mind, I'm like, well, there's a lot more complexity to that. So it's like, it's all relative. Like whatever, like the listener, like, I just want them to really take away, like figure out what you want, like Lauren said, and then test it. You don't have to go all into volume or all into the whale or what, uh, elephant. Girl, hunting. an elephant. I'm by the ocean. I live right by the beach. The I know. You really want to keep saying whale. Yeah. You know, or you can do a little bit of both. I actually, I, I know a gentleman up in the San Francisco area and he does both. He has a business in the Midwest where he's doing volume and he's yeah. doing freaking, he's, he's, he's getting his elephants in the Bay area. But the thing is you can do a hybrid model. It's all like, that's the beauty the beautiful thing about entrepreneuring. You know, the world is your course. Like you can do whatever you want. You can play the game however you want to play as long as you're playing above board and you know, you can do whatever you want. And that freedom and autonomy is really what I value by being an entrepreneur. So right. you can do both. Like it's, it's just, it's so exciting. I think just being in business for yourself, as hard as it is, it's just so fulfilling. Um, even though there are bad days, but I just, I just couldn't do anything else. Honestly, just, just being a, a real estate entrepreneur and and, and kind of paving my own way. Ironically, that's the show name. But <laughs> doing that is just so yeah. so enjoyable every day. You know. Well, you, I mean, you are incredibly young and you have, I mean, you just have such a brilliant mind. I'm not trying to like you know fluff you up here, but you really are very. I mean, for how young you are. You are so tenacious and you're so smart and you're always like reading and researching. Like I watch you on Instagram. We got, we're going to drop this handle soon, but what does your day look like? Like start from the morning. You have a lot of like just very good habits. So like from the morning to night, what do you do in your day? For sure. I really like the habits thing. So I'm glad you brought that up. So really, I, I try to keep it simple, but structured at the same time. So I get up around five o'clock, you know, on average. And the first like hour of my day, like I'm, this is like the one thing I'm just a freak about. Like, it's like, I am obsessed about this one thing. I do not look at my emails, texts, any of that crap. Maybe Instagram, maybe Instagram to like take a picture of like my story. Maybe that's like rare, but I'll do that. Put my phone away. I'll have water, take a quick shower, have a cup of coffee. And I will sit down on this chair right here. If people are watching on YouTube or this couch, I will I'll take out this yellow pad and I just think, I think I write down what problems do I got going on? What ideas do I have cooking? How am I going to structure my day, my life, whatever? I just brain dump on this pad for 25 minutes, sometimes longer. After that, I crack open a book. I read for 25 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. And then after that, now I, I kind of set my day up to where now I'm like, I'm already on offense. I'm not reacting to people, putting out fires, dealing with crazy ass attorneys and stuff. And then I'll go on and I'll check my emails. I'll buffer a little bit. And then generally after that, depending on like what type of day it is, I'll, I'll have like two or three time blocks where I'll, I'll strategically block out times for activities that are congruent with my goals. So like if my goal, in t- one of my goals in 21 is to buy two commercial buildings. So an activity would be analyze three properties, right? Put some offers in on three properties. That's an activity block. Another activity block might be following up with sellers, right? So I'll follow up with sellers for an hour. And then the third block might be, you know, go through a course that I bought and how to, you know, get good at pay-per-click marketing, for example, which is what I'm doing right now. So that's like the third time block. And then 
in between those blocks, I'll have little times where I'll just like respond to emails, make some phone calls, anything I need to do that's congruent with my goals. It's all got to be in alignment with my goals or else I won't do it. Like I'm very strict with that. Uh, and then I kind of wind up really around like, um, like four or five o'clock. I'll always work out, you know, whether that's in the morning or at night, I'll always exercise. I'm like a freak about that. And then around like five o'clock, I just kind of wind down. I'll watch some shark tank, uh, cook some dinner and, uh, just kind of replan, plan my day out. So like the next day I get up, I kind of have a track to run on and I do that. That's, it's, that's pretty much my routine. It's like structured morning, strategic activities blocked out. And then like just time allocated where I'm going to respond to calls and emails, like in one shot, I don't just like pick the phone up or reply to emails right away. Like I have that blocked out so I don't get sucked into that vortex. Oh man. Well, Greg. Okay. So where can everybody find you? What's your IG drop all your socials? Yeah, for sure. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Grego, G-R-E-G-O underscore 37. I try to put out daily content on there, book reviews, promote podcasts. Uh, that's my favorite platform. Facebook, I, I just... You could Greg Helbeck me on Facebook. Or you could search me on Facebook, Greg Helbeck. I'm definitely more active on Instagram. So Grego underscore 37. That's uh, definitely the best way to get in touch. And with you me. have a podcast, which I was on. So yeah. I will get the link to that podcast and put it in the show notes as awesome. well. And you guys can subscribe to his podcast as well. Awesome. That was a fun show. I, I, I feel like Warren, we could talk for hours. You know, this is super fun. Yeah, no, we definitely could. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming today. Lots of good stuff. I love the way this episode went. So I wish you the best. I wish you very more elephants, more whales, whatever you want to call <laughs> Got some big ones coming up for sure. Good, good. <laughs> all right. You take care, Greg. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.